Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Episode 33. This is the best of Male Military Spouse Radio Show. Originally aired March 13th, 2015. Welcome to Male Military Spouse Radio Show. Good morning, everybody. It is Friday the 13th. It is March, and we are smack dab in the middle of spring break here in Texas. Or I should say it was actually the end of spring spring break. Uh, the good smart kids got a little bit ahead of themselves and started last Friday. And they've had a full solid week of fun, my kids included. Got relatives in the house, and uh, they decided it's time to go hit the San Antonio Zoo. So I get to sit back at home finally with some peace and quiet, relax, hang out with you guys. We can talk ball etiquette today we're going to talk uh place settings for the, the formal dinner the things that just thoroughly confuse us and bend us and make us glad that uh glad we don't have to do this all the time and it uh, looks like uh, i have somebody waiting at the door who we got good morning hello good morning good morning hello who's this Jay. I can't see the. Hey, Jay. Couldn't see the number, so I couldn't tell who it was. So, Jay, how are you doing this morning? I am great. It's actually afternoon for me, so. That is true. That is true. You're over in, you're over in the the the, the Rhode Island area, so it's actually what one o'clock there now. It is one o'clock. Yeah. And when I go to Germany, I'm going to be doing it at 7 p.m. in the evening, so uh, it'll work out for me. I'll be just starting my Friday off, go 7 to 9, and then get done, and then do a little bit of beer drinking, partying, and having some fun. Um, hey, uh, how many have you been to any balls, military balls lately, Jay? Yes, I have. I've been to several. And what do you think of the custom of doing military balls? Did you enjoy it? Did you find it fun? Um, it, it actually depends, because each one I went to was slightly different from the other. So it'll depend on the command that's that's actually hosting the ball. Really? Uh, what kind of differences did you see? Um, for the most part, everything is very, very similar. The differences would be the play settings, like how you're mentioning about uh, what utensils to use. Sometimes right. there will be extra utensils. Sometimes there won't be. Right. Sometimes the service, whatever service that they're using, will always serve from the left, uh, remove from the right, which is mm-hmm. not correct. Uh but that that's okay. Uh, some places will it, the service is just a little bit different. Most of the etiquette. Ah, okay. So um, sometimes they'll like you mentioned about the grog thing. I've not seen that done. Receiving lines <laughs> are always there, as far as I've seen. Uh, it, it'll also depend on which ball you're going to. 
Oh, that is true, because the bigger the ball, the more fancier it will become. Uh, it, this is opportunity within the military for for the actual uh, uh, military unit, uh, right. as in uh, Army, Navy, Marines, to show off something that is that is force-wide. Or well, yeah, it could be not only just that. A, I mean, it's like the, it's, there's a Navy ball. Correct, mm-hmm. and then there's Navy ball? submarine services ball, which yes. is actually April. There's a Marine Corps ball, which is their, their main ball, sometime around November what 10th, mm-hmm. and then uh, there's there. like, like yeah, there's Chaplain Corps ball, which is November 23rd. Supply school ball is no, like February 28th. So I mean, it'll depend on which community ball you're going to. And if you're going to the overall ball, like the Navy ball or the Marine Corps ball or the Army ball, it's going to be le- slightly different because it's no longer tailored specifically for a specific type of command. So they'll do a little bit things differently. Right. I've part. I have not participated in any balls ever, but I've worked on planning two of them. And of the two balls that I helped plan uh, and get put together, uh, the first one was a, a unit ball. Our specific uh, uh, battalion was uh, put together a ball that, that was supposed to be a brigade ball, but the brigade went and did their own on a different time, and so we had ours already, everything paid for, so we had our own small ball. Um we call it mini balls, and uh, had a little had, had a lot of fun with that. Gave out uh, some awards, and uh, we 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 whooped up the grog, and um, just just had a really wonderful time. Watched watched some of the wives come in with some extremely inappropriate dresses for a ball, and there weren't very many male uh, male guys show up. Uh, again, like I said, I didn't attend the ball, but I was behind the scenes helping out with some of the logistics. So, you know, I got to see it from a side. Uh, what works for guys is so much simpler than the girls. We Absolutely. don't have to find colors. We don't have to try to outshine the other wives, which they right. for some reason try to do, even though... And even though they are encouraged, their their husbands, the military member, is inter- encouraged to, to tell their wives, don't go overboard. It's not her job to outshine her military husbands. Well, we luckily don't have to worry about that. We just wear a tuxedo or a really, really, only- really nice black suit. No, we only have two colors, and it's black and it's white, and it's always, 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 always a tuxedo. Nothing less than a tuxedo, unless it you're at a be. white tie. If you're at a white tie fair, it'll be a white tux. <laughs> and they will tell you that. They will point that out to you, and they will tell you that, so you know what you're getting. And you think when you walk into a store, walk into a tuxedo rental place, and you ask for a tuxedo to rent. The, the, the prices that you see are not outrageous like they are for the women and their dresses. Well, again, we get off cheap. We do. It's better but just one, to buy your own tux and just keep using the tux over and over again. That's uh, right. For myself, it was a great investment because I've been to many balls 
Whereas yourself, you said you've never been to one, so it would have kind of been a moot point. Yeah, and I've grown since, so I would have to be buying a new one anyway. I wear a 50 in the jacket, so it's kind of hard to find one. I have to rent. Well, you can always buy and then just retailer it. Yeah, I thought about that, and hopefully I can get it back down to a, 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 a get it down to a, an acceptable, reasonable forty-four, maybe. But right now I'm at a fifty-fifty-two, so it's the the choices are very, very slim as to who has them. They have to order them in, which makes it fun, but it's still the same price, so it's no big deal. Um, Let me the back to that point that I, you made about um, this a really dark suit. It's much like saying to the the ladies, yeah, you can dress ball gown, and then they come in looking trashy. For guys, our trashy look is a suit. Never wear a suit to a, a ball gown, or excuse me, to a ball, because that is our attire. Full formal, got to be tuxedo. Yep. And and folks, you're gonna you're gonna look and you're gonna explore on the internet, and you will find sites that say, yeah, it's okay to wear an exceptionally dark suit, a really a black suit, uh, uh, to one of these events as a least, the very least to wear. Don't believe it. Do not believe it. You will. The whole point for how you dress as the spouse at the military ball is to show that your military member has a family support group behind them. But the ball is for them. It's not for us. We're there to support them. So we need to make sure that we don't draw attention to them. And thus, you don't get an extravagant tuxedo with all of the shiny velvet crap on the the, the lapels and you don't little sparkly in the background you don't do that it's a straight black you get a black shoes that polish up nice but you do not want them to shine more than her core frames you don't want to do that you want to make sure that you wear a bow tie there are no straight ties at formal affairs bow ties don't wear only. the french Use a bow tie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Don't do that. Those weird ties. Straight bow tie. Think of James Bond. Okay? Black yes. tie, you know, black bow tie, nice starched white shirt, black jacket with black slacks, just the full tuxedo. Yep. That's what you wear. Don't go from for that. Yeah, don't, don't go for the pearl buttons. Don't go for any of that fancy crap. It's not a wedding. Weddings, you do want to look your sharpest. This is a ball. You do not want to look your sharpest. You want to blend in with all of the other male spouses who will be there. And if you do anything that puts you, that separates you from the other male spouses, you will look out of place. You will draw attention to your spouse, and the command will frown upon that. Doesn't mean you're going to get in trouble or anything, because the whole idea is to have some fun. But it is one of those opportunities. Everything deals with a military ball. It's tradition. And since it's tradition, here is the one time where being embarrassed is probably the worst thing that could ever happen, is to get embarrassed or be embarrassed or having your your spouse get embarrassed because of you. I mean, it's true. It's not going to be the end of the world. They're not, you're not going to lose your, lose your puppies 
for it. You know, you don't have to, you won't have to give up the car. Uh, it's, you're still, this is the only opportunity. How many times do you have in a year to dress up really, really nice, be fed um, an extravagant meal with a place setting that is, that is, you know, kings and queens dine this way? This is fairy brook. This is this is story time stuff. This is this is fantasy uh, um, fairy tales. It's it's amazingly fun stuff. And trust me, it will end quickly, and then you can get to the dance where the partying occurs, and then you can let your hair down a little bit. But like Jay okay, said, one thing about tuxedos, the only difference between a, any tuxedo is going to be the style of cut. Is you're going to have tails, you're not going to have tails, how the lapel lays, if it's going to be a rounded lapel, if it's going to be a pointed lapel. That's the only difference between the tuxedos. So whatever tuxedo you go with, that and your shirts. You can either get a French-style sleeved shirt with actually cufflinks inside or just a straight button straight shirt. That's the only difference between any other tuxes. So stick with that. You don't never, ever, ever have one of those tux shops try and talk you into a bib front spread collar tuxedo kind of thing with a long yeah, tie. Don't do it. Yeah, don't do it. Yeah, don't do it. Yeah, stay, stay simple. Stay sharp. Stay formal. There is no such thing. Always a bow tie. Always a bow tie. Always, 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 always. Never, never not a bow tie. Um, another thing, another thing is your your shoes. Your shoes will be black. They will be polished, but they won't they won't glisten shine like the core frames. But one snafu that happens on a regular basis is that the male spouses will wear argyle socks. That's the big checkers, the gray and black, because they're quote unquote the fancy ones that came with the the the, the tuxedo. No, 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 no. Black socks, black, 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 black socks. You want you do not want your ankles to appear. You don't want it. You don't want to have that that little white spot down on the near the floor that everybody just seems to look at because they see it. You don't want to do that. That's again drawing attention to yourself, which draws attention to your to your wife, your service member, and she is not going to be pleased with you, and you may not get lucky that night. So you know, we, we you got to make sure you keep your bread buttered. Um, another big thing about what you're wearing. Did you know, and I know you do, Jay, but uh, to the, the, the listeners out there, did you know that the military females can go in an evening gown, not their dress uniform, their mess dress? They don't have to wear them. They, their command can give them permission to go evening gown. The guys, the, the male military members, must be in uniform. There is no no getting out of that. But your wives, our wives, they could choose to go with an evening gown. So if they do, 
if they do, if they do, if they do, you want to get some of the get their their knowledge level up on what's acceptable and what's not acceptable as far as evening gowns go for women, such as no cleavage, show no cleavage. If your wife is going to wear an evening gown to a military ball, make sure that she's that she does not show cleavage. Doesn't mean it has to be. Doesn't mean that she can't go strapless. If she goes strapless, she must, for the formal portion, have a a, a shawl on, the the little sweater or or a scarf thing that goes over the shoulders to cover her shoulders. If she goes with a with a strapless. But typically, she's not going to want to. It's going to get hot in that room, and she will want to remove that shawl. If she's, if you think that's going to happen, then sway her away from strapless and go with a strap. Now, how wide does the strap go? The women have been fighting this and fighting this and fighting this. The, the, the key to it is it needs to hide the bra strap. So two fingers wide. If you can get her to listen to you, and I hope you can because you got a good marriage going. Use your two fingers instead of hers because that will give her a wider strap, less of a chance of making a mistake with it. The whole point, again, is to hide the bra strap. Tell your wife whatever dress she gets, she, she has to wear a bra. She has to to wear something underneath. There's there's no peekaboos anywhere. There's no slit up the side. That has to the, the the length of the dress has to go at a minimum below the kneecap. Anything kneecap or higher is too short, is too trashy. Um, no plunging back lines. No, um, uh, well, plunging front line, of course, because that's the that's the uh, the cleavage problem. And um, above all, wear comfortable shoes, not six inch high heels where your your ankles are going to give out. Don't let her do that because if she hurts her ankles, she's breaking government property, and she it's not a good thing when the when military members start breaking government property. All right, go rambling again. I'm sorry, Jay. No, that's fine. Perfectly fine. So for <laughs> us guys, easy. It's tux. Yep, tux. It's a tux. Black and tux with a white shirt. Nothing else. <clears throat> oh, yes, definitely wear a T-shirt underneath. Definitely wear a T-shirt underneath. Um... And it's only because you will be comfortable that way. In a tuxedo, if all you have on is the shirt with no undershirt underneath, uh, you will develop sweat. It will get hot in there, and your shirt will will get saturated with sweat. If you wear an undershirt, there's a la- there's a layer of wick that's going on, uh, the wicking phenomenon going on there. Just simple physics. Right. And you will stay much cooler. It's a, it's one of those really weird things when you're wearing a tuxedo. And I know this because when I did when I did um, uh, mixed martial arts, uh, when I was doing the ring announcing, I wore a tux. And 
the most uncomfortable I ever was is the day that I did not wear an undershirt under my under my white shirt. I thought it was I thought it was going to get too hot and I needed that off. And I tell you what, I almost had to buy that tuxedo because the I was so drenched. The company at least they took it back. Thank God they took it back. But uh it was touch and go there. I got so I, from there on out, anytime I did a show, I always had a, I wore a T-shirt underneath, and I had guys laugh at me saying, you know, here we are, New Mexico, Arizona, it's 120 degrees in the shade, and you're wearing a tuxedo with a shirt and a T-shirt underneath it. I said, yeah, but I'm comfortable. You're not. <laughs> um. What else, in, on, on, as far as uh, dress-wise, is there anything? Um, I got a question for you, Jay, which I think I know the answer to, but I, I want a verification. And you're the best choice I know of to, to, to verify this, given, given where where you sit within the, uh, your wife's military structure there in the Navy and, and the exposure you've had to all of this. Guys putting pulling that the, the jacket aside and sticking your hands into your pants pocket, James Bond style. Go or no go? It'll, it'll depend on what you're doing. If you're in the receiving line, no go. If you're just standing there because everybody's dancing because it's after the, the dinner event and the dance floor is now open, you can. So it's not a good idea because it's 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 kind of like uh, kind of like playing Mick Jagger and striking a pose. Right. I mean, you if you're standing that. at the bar waiting for the bartender to come back with your drinks, sure, because that's where you have to go dig your money out of anyway. True. But I mean, if you're standing in the receiving line where you're actually going to meet the the uh, you know the admiral or whoever is announcing you and, and whoever is actually hosting the ball. You will not put your hands in your pockets. Right. That's right. rude. It very. And that brings to the next question, which is uh, which is um, not actually a question, but I'm going to ask it because I, 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 I receiving line. Okay. When you've got the receiving line, we've got this line of people that are standing up not there that, that you Let get in line. Right. Not all balls will have a receiving line. For example, the Navy ball that I went to in San Diego was so large that there was no receiving line because we had 350-plus guests. Ouch. So they're not going to line you all up in a receiving line and announce every single one of you. That's just way too long. It would have taken all night. So, again, each ball is different. For the smaller balls, nine times out of ten, it will have a receiving line. And that receiving line consists of commanding officer, typically, the guest of honor, which may be also a a high-ranking officer, and and each of those with their spouse as well, and then will be the uh, senior enlisted and his or her spouse, and that's about it, isn't it? Yeah, and the more... The more Three simpler couples. lines, receiving lines are going to be uh, like somebody like an adjutant or a major that does announcing. You do right. not shake hands yeah. with that person because nope. they're going to announce you. The next person in line should be the, for the most simplest lines would be the host or whoever's hosting the ball. So 
So if you're, say, Naval Base San Diego, it will be the CEO of the base. And they, and that's it and for his, the receiving line. Simplest form. And his, oh, well, okay. I mean, and, and his, spouse. his or her spouse, right. Now, when they, now here's here's what you do when you're walking in. You walk in as a couple, and when you walk in, even though your wife is the military member, she will walk in front of you. Yes, women always walk in front of men. Always. It has absolutely nothing to do with rank. It has absolutely nothing to do with military status. It has to do with gender. Women first, men second. What's that? It has everything to do with etiquette and manners. Correct. You always let the female walk in front of the male in case to catch them from tripping, to stumbling, or dropping a shawl. That's why you walk behind the female. Yes. When you do walk up and they stand and you you announce who you are, it is the male that announces to the adjutant who you are, Mister and Specialist Etter, and the adjutant will pass that on to the receiving line people. You don't say anything more after that, but it's the man who says that to the adjutant to the announcing person, not the service member. Typically it is the service member because it in most 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 all units it's it it's predominantly male, but it's always the man who is supposed to do the announce who they are to the, the announcing person. But then the ladies will shake hands first. And they will shake you how do you shake hands? A very important question. Uh, stick your hand out, the other hand. That's right. Yeah, but it's it's always right hand, unless you have a cast. Yeah. Then it would be left hand. Now the question has uh, the question that we, I've seen arise is when you take the 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 honored guest's hand, do you put your left hand over them and do just a quick two shake, or do you leave your left hand down, do a two shake? Or do you let them shake as many times as they want to? That's a very good question, and it, it depends on how intimate you are with the person and how comfortable you feel with yourself. I know the answer to this one, by the way. Do you? The answer? Yes, I do. Again, it's and it goes by manners. Women are allowed to cup with left hand over the the. the the, the right hands clasped. They are allowed to. It's typically the hostess that will do this, nobody else. Men do not. Men, it is a firm, not a hard handshake, but a firm handshake, like you are, like you are grasping a book. A firm handshake, two shakes, and you let go. You allow the person that is, that is the honored guest to pull away first. If it gets to that point where it, it, it looks like it's going to be a, let's see what you know, you, do you know your manners? Uh, typically, you just won't have to worry about that. You put your hand out there, two shake, uh, a firm handshake, two, two shakes, and you drop it, move on. You do not engage in conversation. 
you do say, I'm very honored to meet you, General. I'm very pleased to be here, Major So-and-so. I'm I, uh, I'm so glad to, to make your acquaintance, Mrs. So-and-so. Um, and you move on. Try to keep your sentence, your greeting down to, and this was the key word I heard, try to keep it down to five words. So glad to meet you. Move on. Yep. <laughs> yeah, because you got a try lot of people behind you, so you don't want to linger. And just right down the line. Um, if at all possible, if at all possible, allow the woman to speak first in the receiving line as you're going down. Not necessarily required. Some wives, some military guys, their wives just won't say a word to anybody. They'll just stand there and look timid and shake their hands and kind of giggle and whatnot. And then the guy actually takes over the, the, the conversation. You may have to do the same thing because if you're in a case like I am where my wife is a lower enlisted, she will be encountering the upper officers, the higher ranking officers that she's only heard about and thus is intimidated by rank. And she may not say anything either. She may clam up and uh, so I know that I'm, I'm fully prepared to – I'm pleased to make your acquaintance, General so-and-so or Colonel um, Hoosie Watts and um, move on. Because I'm behind, my hand will be right at the center, uh, the small of her back, to just give her a quick little nudge to keep her moving. You're listening to the Best of Male Military Spouse Radio Show. We'll be right back after this brief word from our sponsors. When I'm on base, I'm known as Staff Sergeant Cooper, but at home... Daddy! Hi, Dad. Daddy's home! I'm known as Dad, and I wouldn't have it any other way. We know home is at the heart of every military family. That's why we founded Armed Forces Insurance, to protect the property of our fellow servicemen and women. Call 1-800-633-2006 for a no-obligation auto, home, or renter quote, or visit www.afi.org. At Armed Forces Insurance, our mission is you. You're listening to the Best of Male Military Spouse Radio Show. Is it okay to bring, because when you're doing a, a, a formal ball, a military ball, one of the things that you're going to have is you've got a, a schedule. You've got your, the first thing that happens is the, uh, the, is the cocktail hour. And the cocktail hour usually occurs, what, hour or two hours before the dinner? It's about an hour, yeah, about an hour, hour and a half before. So what's going to happen is, is there, you may have a, a photographer there to take pictures of you and your spouse, all nice and happy and purdy. And there's a bar. It might be open. It might be a, a, an open bar where. Um, it might be a free bar, uh, it might be a pay-as-you-go bar, it, whatever the reason is, you can drink and you can go have fun. But remember, you're there to honor your service member spouse. You're there to honor your wife. So don't get persnickered 
walk up to the general and going, hey, how's it going there, general, buddy, buddy, old pal, and move on, because that just, that definitely won't go over well. So cocktail hour, you know, uh, for actually for all intents and purposes, the entire ball, up until the dancing portion, pace your drinking by doing things like having one drink and then follow it with two waters and then take a drink and then follow it with two waters. <coughs> well, actually, I didn't mean take a drink. I mean, do your do your drink. I mean, well, actually, I pretty probably do that because well, I can finish a beer in one gulp. <laughs> But now, anyway, so, um, where was I? Yes, cocktail hour. How do you handle doing a cocktail hour? What have you, do you usually arrive for a cocktail hour when it, it's a, a military ball? Yes. For you and your wife. So, what is it that get, you. Okay, this is the reason why you want to show up for cocktail hour. One, everybody's going to show up for cocktail hour. If you don't get there early enough, you're not going to have parking. If you don't have, if you don't want to do a valet, that is. If you do a valet, expect to pay the valet about twenty bucks just to park your car. So That's fair. the further you, or the the later you are, the further away you have to park. The further we have to park, the longer it takes to walk to the venue. The longer you walk, the more you're going to sweat. So get there early, get there on time. Do the the cocktail hour. That doesn't necessarily mean you're going to drink. That's just going to mean that you're going to have time to mingle with other guests and get there on time. What That's kind why of guests? Who should you mingle with? Everybody. I'm the type of person that there is no rank. I don't care what you are. I'm going to talk to you anyway. Even if I don't know you, I'm going to talk to you. <laughs> That's cool. I need to party with you. <laughs> I had the same problem when I was going through ombudsman basic training my, my first time through. My certified ombudsman trainer was like, man, you are just one of those people that just won't shut up. <laughs> I was like, It'll depend because um, I am of the enlisted mind mentality, you know, whereas okay. my spouse is more of the officer mentality, try to keep things separate, and I keep telling her, I am not in the military. I am a civilian. I can do damn well whatever I want to do. If I want to talk to enlisted, I'll talk to enlisted. You can't stop me. I have no rank. So That's right. And it's not fraternization. It's not. Exactly. They have to worry about it. I don't. If I Thank see a God. bunch of people hanging out, having a good time, I'm going to go over there. I'm going to have a good time, too. Hex, yeah. Now, uh, so now let's go from cocktail hour because then the, then it comes time for dinner. And then it's so you have to, instead of rush. Uh, oh, yeah, that's another thing. During cocktail hour, always go check to see where you sit. There is some seating arrangement that the unit will have determined and you're going to be sitting at the table that they put you at. There's no swapping positions. You come over there and you see that you're going to have your back to the dang uh, speaker and uh, you're back over in a corner somewhere where it looks like you're in trouble. Hey, maybe you are. 
maybe, That's another maybe reason why are. we go early for cocktail hour. Uh, when you do go in there and they're serving cocktails and whatever or not, you have to check in. So that way they know, uh, <laughs> you know, showed up, whatever or not, and how much to serve and all that stuff. But while you're checking in and doing your, your photo, the person you're checking in with, they will tell you where you sit. They'll show you a map. This is your table, table number 11. It's situated in this side of the room. If you go to this door, which is closest to your table, so you want to go all the way down the hall, past the first three doors on your right, and continue to the, the fourth door on your right, use that door to enter and exit, because that's the nearest to your table. It makes it a whole lot easier. So you already know the lay of the land and everything else. And oh, when they call, okay, cocktail hour is now over. Let's all file in for and get ready to be seated, and we'll start the ceremonies. Then you know where you're going. Now the receiving line is done just before dinner hour, or is it done during cocktail? No, it's done right before dinner hour. Well, so it's like it's like the the egress between the two. No, I'm sorry. It's um, I think it's going. See, some places are different. If I remember correctly, the the receiving line is normally when you first walk in and start going to your table. So right after cocktail hour, and you start filing in. If it's a smaller venue, you'll do a receiving line. As a, as you're going towards your table, you'll be announced and introduced and all that stuff. Then you'll sit at your table. Now, if it's a big big ball that has 300 plus people, they're not going to do receiving line. They'll just tell you where to go. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. So now, okay, so it's now over. It's we've gone through the receiving line. It's now time to eat. Dinner hour. It's time to park yourself. How do you park yourself at the table? First, the first thing to note is when you're going in and you get to your table, you stand politely behind your seat and you do not sit down. Don't sit down. It's not time to sit down. You have to make sure your spouse, the female, is seated first. I believe she can sit first before the host sits. But as the male, don't sit down until it till the host sits down. You want to remain standing because they are going to bring colors in. And they're going to pre- the honor guard is going to present colors. Everybody should be in their places around the table. Nobody should be seated. seated. They will do the, the, the color guard. They'll march in with the colors. They'll pre- present colors, put them where they belong, and leave. Then you seat your wife. How do you seat your wife? I've never done this, so I don't. I don't know. I, I can't quite figure out how that works. Well, when they call for it, uh, call seated. You will reach out and pull your your spouse's chair out slightly, so that way they can uh, sit down. Once they sit down, you will gently Is push she- the car the chair in. Will she seat from the left or from the right? Being the that left, you're normal. facing, you're facing the chair, the back of the chair, and you've pulled it to you. And is she on your left or she's on your right? She's normally on my left. She's normally on the left. So then she's going to seat, swing her legs underneath, arrange her dress if she's wearing a dress, and then, then you 
slide the, the chair in a little bit for her? Yes. Okay. Then you step to your seat, your chair, and you wait for the host. Correct. Is that and correct? then the guys will then sit down after. And then, so now everybody's now seated. Um, first thing that you do is, once you're there, you get an opportunity. Don't touch anything in front of you. Don't touch the plates. Don't touch the napkin. Don't touch the forks or the glasses. Uh, actually, no, come to think of it, don't they do the toasts first? Don't they do the uh, toasts be before you sit? Again, it'll depend on the, the ball you go to. Sometimes the toast doesn't happen until after you sit, and it'll only be one, you know, the, the, the main person toasting. The, so whoever's sitting at the head table, so there's only going to be like three or four toasts. Now, I've been to somewhere a little bit smaller scale, and they do a lot of toasting. Yeah, that's sweet. Uh, the, the ones that I... The one that I uh, uh, helped set up, we had, God, we had toasts for everything because we had guys that that, that uh, lost their lives in uh, Iraq, and we had um, we had the, 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 the airplane that went down, carried a bunch of STB people in it way back when. Uh, we had toasts that go back to World War II because our unit, our battalion was the, the Bastogne Battalion. So a lot of rich history. And um, yeah, the toasts got kind of crazy. But I didn't, I, again, I wasn't there, so I didn't see the actual toasting that was going on. But I understand that, there, that, that the, the adjutant had prepared what the toasts were and what everybody was supposed to respond with. And that when it came time to toast, you took a charged gla charged glass. Now what that means, for those who have never seen a toast done properly, a charged glass is a glass that has some fluid in it. It's not necessarily wine. It's not necessarily beer or booze. It is probably water. Stick with water because you do want to, when you do the toast... The, the, the person that gives the toast is going to raise their glass and they'll say, here's to the president of the United States. And your response is you raise your glass and say to the president of the United States. And then you take a sip out of your glass. Just wet your lips. And if you do it with wine, you're going to want to gulp it and you're going to end up gulping it. Next thing you know, you're going to be drunk before you ever get your bread. Use water. Water's cheaper anyway. Um, but they do the toast. You have that, that, that cue card that has everything written down what the responses are going to be. Now, the one thing I was never sure of, the military members are the ones that are doing the, the, the toasting because it's a military ball. As the spouse, do we also raise our glass and say the same toast, or do we just raise our glass and remain silent? If you already have it written on cards, normally what, what they say is uh, the toast goes out to, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I propose a toast to the President of the United States of America. Your response is to the chief. 
It should okay. be to the chief. So if you know the response, then say it. If you don't, just raise your glass. But, again, it should be written for you, and everybody should know it. So if you know Hopefully. it, say it. <laughs> Don't say anything. Just raise your glass. Yeah. And guys, be prepared. They may miss you. They may forget you because they will do a toast to the ladies, which is to the they spouses. Will. And that is to you. And they're not meaning to be disrespectful, but guy spouses haven't been around for as long as these traditions have. So don't get incensed because they do a to the ladies and they don't do to the men. Don't be surprised if it doesn't if if you if you do not hear to the men. And don't get upset with them. Okay? It's a tradition and the nice part about traditions is is it's a way of remembering that which was in the past. It keeps the traditions going, it keeps the rich camaraderie going. It keeps pride and it keeps uh, it keeps esprit de corps going. You have to have tradition in order to keep a, a discipline. And it sounds strange, but it's true. The more tradition you have, the more discipline you can expect. So not going to a military ball is like saying, okay, well, I don't want to sit up in class anymore. Or don't go to the ball. Okay, yeah, well, I'm not going to stop at stop signs anymore either. You have to have discipline, and the best way to have discipline is to have traditions that make it fun, something to associate with. It works great. So just be ready. Be happy with to the ladies. And do to the ladies. That's a hard one not to respond to. <laughs> it's good. It's all good. Um, after the if toasting is done. Go ahead. If I remember correctly, it's um – Cocktail, receiving line, that way you get to your table. They'll do a uh, posting of the colors. Then they'll do uh, the toasts. Then they'll do dinner. And dinner, they norm if it's a, the large, like the one that I would go to is a very, very large one where there's like uh, 70 tables of like eight. <laughs> so it's like this huge thing. So wow. they'll do by tables, you know, tables one through five, go. Tables six through whatever, you know what I mean? And they'll release you by table. So you sit there and you make polite conversation while they're doing all this. But yeah, the, the toasts come right before dinner normally. Wow, yeah. One we did was a little bit smaller than that. We actually had we had a slew of um, defect people uh, running around in their little white uniforms, uh, bringing food out to the to, to the tables. So it was really cool. And they they would they'd come out and they would serve to the right and pull from the left and. Right. That's all. I'm sorry. That, that's what I, I meant. They, they, they'll serve tables one through whatever first. They won't. Let, when I mean release, meaning that uh, you don't get up, the servers will come to you. Ah, okay. I've I've seen I've seen where they buffet styled it too, and I thought that was the goofiest thing in the world. But hey, what the hell? They were on a budget. At a ball. I've seen that at smaller functions, but never at a ball. At yeah. a ball, it's everything's formal. That's why we'll get over this. Uh, we'll, we'll get to this later about how to use your utensils. But that's why you have that many utensils. Yep, and I want to do that on the second hour. We're going to talk about the utensils and uh, the, the presentation of them and some of the reasons why they are where they are and what they do. Um, and it's not so much that you need to learn that stuff. Any of this stuff that we're talking about, guys, we're not 
we're not trying to tell you you have to learn this. This is going to be available as a podcast forever, and you will always be able to download this and listen to it and get caught up. It'll be a good two hours worth of snickering going, yeah, I remember seeing that. And, you know, listen to it. Listen to this this podcast before you go to a ball to the prep yourself up. This is why we're doing it this early. This is only March. I know uh, Chris wanted me to do March Madness, the start of March Madness, but I'm not a basketball person, so I could not do that one service. But next weekend, next Friday, we'll do we'll we'll do some March Madness because we'll be firmly into March, and we'll have a better feel for what's going on. And I'll let everybody else talk about basketball. I'll just you know take calls and click 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 etc. But we're doing this now so that it will be available. There is basically nothing out there on the internet, and I do mean it, nothing out there on the internet for guys on how to do ball etiquette. And it's just like, dude, we have to do this. And I'm glad you're helping me, Jay. Yeah, not a problem. Um, as far as March, March being, you know, why are you doing it now? Just remember, you're not only going to say army balls if you find uh you make a friend or your spouse makes a friend in the navy another navy corpsman or whatever not and they their husbands or their spouses are submarine services submarine services in april so their ball yeah. is, uh, april 11th is when submarine services started so their ball is first two weeks of april so the ball is right around the corner for them yep sadly i will be Sadly, I will be trying to get everything packed. I won't be able to make it, which is really going to bum me out because I know Doug's wanting to go, and Chris uh, Chris Hillman wants to go, and a couple of the other guys, uh, Jeremy wants to go. We're all submariners, so it's like we want to go do this, <laughs> but I'm not sure I'm going to make it. Because then we could come visit you. We could come pester you, camp out in your house. I got a big basement. That'll work. Hey, that will work. You're close enough to Groton that, by God, we we, we could do this. Uh, I don't know about that because Groton's like, uh, what is that, about an hour away, hour and a half away? Which is okay. I mean, hey, my piece, my, my primary care provider is an hour away from where I live right now, so it's no big deal. Okay. <laughs> Besides, I know you would know enough people that we would have safe rides, so I wouldn't have to worry about taxi. I'm trying and to see if there is... And on a submarine ball, it's perfectly normal for, for an ex-submarine officer to, to show up with an ex-submarine enlisted, and we'd be each other's dates. Because 140 of us would go out to sea and 70 couples would come back. Okay, um, this is awesome. I did find, I forgot about this. I should have known about this. But uh, Navy Family Service, was it Navy Service Family Line? They do a social custom and traditions of the sea services book. Oh, nice. And this is what I teach. I use these books all the time. And on page 13, they talk about... Social functions and traditions, such as receptions, what to wear, what not to wear, 
hailing farewells, wedding down parties, dining ins, dining outs, mess nights, chief petty officer transitions, LDO commissioning, all hands parties, the calls, calling cards, the Navy ball, Marine Corps ball, Coast Guard picnic, and things like that. They cover all of that stuff. And they give you a lot of good information, which kind of can help you in whatever services your spouses are in, in the Army. They, they'll kind of be similar. You just have to look at them and go, oh, yeah, that sounds more like uh, whatever. It's, it's very similar to whatever type of uh, situation you're in. So you just kind of have to change it around a little bit. But this is mainly geared for the Navy and sea services. That's good because I mean, and, and Navy's got some of the richer uh, traditions as far as uh, mess and um Balls now, you guys like that. Uh, change of command, correct? In the, in the Army, they do change of command. Army does a change of command out in the grass. On the ship, they do it. It's really formal because the pier, the pier typically will get decorated up. But yes, it no, will not. Yes, and no. command. That will completely depend on the command because my yeah. spouse is an HR officer and her commands were short commands. We did our, well, not ours. She did hers in the grass as well. Really? She's not attached did, to any ship. Did, did, did any, any units or anything form up behind her? Nope, just her, her command. So it was, uh, what normally occurs in a change of command is going to be the outgoing commanding officer, the command troops themselves, the incoming commanding officer, the dignitary presiding over it, and guests for both outgoing and incoming commanding officer. Where it's going to be at is completely up to the command and the commanding yeah. officers. Can in the army, like, like, in the army, it's it, in the army, it's a big thing. They 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 usually do it out on a parade ground, parade field, and everybody and their grandkids uh, of any kind of ranking, uh, retired, current, or whatever, are are invited. It's it's huge. You see more brass at a just a simple, a uh, simple uh, battalion chain of command, change of command, than uh, than than what it sounds like you guys were doing. It's huge. It gets huge. Right. Again, it'll depend on the command. Um, if you are on a say an aircraft carrier with five thousand troops, then it's going to be a larger event. If you're at a shore command that only has hosts about a hundred actual uh, sailors, and then hosts, you know, because for some reason hosts a couple thousand more, it's going to be a smaller command. So it's going to be a smaller event. Yep. Trying to post me up on, I got a link I wanted to put up here. I just sent you a link on that, um, the PDF, which is the ceremony. Yeah. Yeah, the customs. So if you go to page like 10, no, 13, 11, we'll do the ceremony. It starts ceremonies there. What to wear at a change of command, things like that. So, I mean, it might fit to what you guys do. You might have to change out some of the stuff, but most of the stuff, like I said, this is all for uh, the. Navy. services. Well, it's not only Navy. It's Navy, Marine Corps, Coast Guard, that kind of stuff. But right. if you look at some of this stuff, like uh, commissioning, decommissioning, retirement, uh, receiving, you know, all that kind of stuff, it, it kind of goes over all of this stuff. So some of it might work for the Army and other things. You're just going to have to take that and change it to fit whatever you guys do. 
but for the most part, they, they kind of fall in line with each other. It tells you what to wear to reception, what to do when the reception's over, things like that. You guys do hail and farewells, correct? Yes, Army does, and um, they do also um, what the, I forgot what they call the incoming one. But hail and farewells are definitely, definitely a, a, a big one also. But they don't usually associate, they usually don't put a anything like a, a meal with it or any kind of a dance. So there's no balls involved with hail and farewells. Right. For us, the hail and farewell is very, very informal. It's normally held at a bar or Liberty or the beach. Yeah. Or, you yeah, know, pretty much the like same where here. You it, down. Yeah, pretty much the same here. They'll do they'll do uh, a hail and farewell at the DFAC. They'll do a hail and farewell uh, in the commanding officer's office, <laughs> or you know wherever the uh, wherever they do their their command briefs. Um, yeah, it's they they even have done they've even done a hail and farewell at a at a uh, safety brief on a Friday afternoon. <laughs> So you know, it, it it depends on who it is and why they're doing, and and what kind of level of of uh, of uh, pomp and circumstance he wants us on the fair hail and farewell. There's the actual. Uh, I just attached the actual place to go to get all the publications that the Naval Services Family Line. <laughs> you were interested in some of the stuff, but the one that yes. is the more social custom and tradition is the one that kind of will fall for most of the branches. They just kind of give you little etiquette guidelines for that. Yeah. Good. Good. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, we've almost wiped out the first hour here. Let me go ahead and do the, uh, the commercial here real quick so that we can get into our uh, second hour of the show. We're going to go start talking mostly about uh, the, the place settings, um, why the, the, the silverware, why it's silver, why the, 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 the china, um, the particular glasses, which glass is what glass, why you don't, why you, what you do do. There's a there's a number of things that are really interesting and some of the history behind it is pretty good. We'll be covering that here in just a minute. You're listening to the Best of Male Military Spouse Radio Show. We'll be right back after this brief word from our sponsors. As Captain Barrett's wife, I'm known for my volunteer work, but at home... Hey, you ate all the cookies. Wasn't me. I'm known for my amazing chocolate chip cookies, and that's fine with me. We know home is at the heart of every military family. That's why we founded Armed Forces Insurance, to protect the property of our fellow servicemen and women. Call 1-800-633-2006 for a no-obligation auto, home, or renter quote, or visit www.afi.org. At Armed Forces Insurance, our mission is you. Is your current financial state keeping you up at night? Unsure how you could possibly save for retirement with such a tight budget? Well, one of today's sponsors is the Military Guide for Financial Independence and Retirement, written by Doug Nordman and is available through your local library or for purchase on Amazon. This book shows service members, veterans, and their families how to reach financial independence and retire on their terms and, in my opinion, 
should be required reading for all man spouses. There are no tricks or gimmicks, just thoughtful spending and a higher savings rate. Most military families can do this within 10 to 20 years, and a few have done it even faster. All of Doug's royalties are donated to military charities, so you know he's financially independent without your money. So, get your copy today from the library or buy one at Amazon. The Military Guide to Financial Independence and Retirement, written by Doug Nordman. You're listening to the Best of Male Military Spouse Radio Show. All right, we're back. I got uh, Jay Howe here, and we're talking about um, uh, military etiquette. We're talking about uh, uh, military balls. We're talking about anything dealing with that ball and dealing with what's going on uh, with the, the, the classical, uh, traditional things that, that happen with your your command. Okay, Jay, let's see. We wanted to kick off this hour by talking about our, our place settings and the etiquette involved with the place settings. Um, what now? What kind of settings have you normally seen? I've usually seen with uh, uh, the the fourteen piece setting. Well, actually, it's only thirteen pieces, um, but. Uh, uh, there's a, it could actually could be called a 15 piece setting if they have the individual salt and pepper shakers. But uh, what do you what do you uh, see most? Uh, more common ones are yeah, like a, a 10, 12 piece setting, and that's it. Okay. Uh, they consist of the, the 10 to 12 piece setting. You will see a number of versions in which it'll be done. Um, the, the the proper the, the actual proper formal place setting that dates back to the the 16th century back to the 1500s consists of of course you got your plate your service plate sitting in front of you centered nice and neat and on it is your soup bowl on its own individual plate now the soup bowl stays with the small plate, not the service plate. The, when you, when the, the soup bowl goes away, you don't take the soup bowl. They will take the soup bowl and the little plate that goes with it. Um, that's just a spill guard because your service plate is what they're going to serve your meal on. They will bring They should be bringing you uh, like the roast beef. They will bring you a. a they will bring a, a a platter, a plate with it, or uh, I'm sorry, a board with the meat. They will cut your slice of meat. They will fork it over to your plate and set it onto the plate. That's extreme formal. But the service plate is what you're going to eat off of. You will then have to the uh, on your left, the far left from the plate, should be your napkin, followed by three forks. The three forks are furthest left is a fish fork. Next one is a dinner fork. That's the one in the middle. And then the one that is to the right is the salad fork. You typically eat from the out in. Now, the part the weird part about that is is that it shows that the fish fork is there. The fish fork, then the dinner fork, and then the salad fork. 
You will see the salad. You will see that the salad uh, fork typically take the place of the fish fork and be on the far left because salad will come before the main meal. But it won't when you have the, the three-fork setup. Most places will only do the two-fork setup because you're either going to have a dinner fork or a fish fork. Do you follow you what I'm saying fork? there? Dinner fork or a fish fork. Depends on what the meal is. A full 12-course meal will have fish and a meat, but a 7-course meal will have a meat or fish. At least according to... Right now? First, according to Emily Post. What's that? Okay, you are the one. You I'm are looking, looking at the Emily Post one, right? No, I'm. I'm looking at. Um, what I'm looking at is one that's called Online Sterling. Uh, this is the Emily Post one. Um, I couldn't couldn't get to, to to come up on my computer. I don't know why. It just was not cooperating. Let me get you that link, and I will put it onto onto the chat room so you can see which one that. Uh, I'm looking at. This yeah, is the Emily. This is the 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 online Sterling uh, site. Oops, sorry. And it's been uh, out of all of the ones we did. <coughs> we used to do a, um, a ball etiquette uh, formal table setting class at Fort Campbell, and yeah. uh, the gal who did this. Uh, we sat down one afternoon, or actually it was uh, actually took about a week. We went through as many sites as we could find to find the best pictures so we could make a slideshow out of, because she was constantly being called to from Fort Campbell to uh, she would go up to Fort Hood, or she'd go to, over to Fort Hood. She would go here to um, uh, Sam Houston. She would go to. Uh, Leavenworth. She would go to a number of places. She got called to to teach this ball etiquette class she had put together, and she needed some good stuff. Good and um, this is this online Sterling page is the one we found that was the most consistent to everything that she had from the historical stuff from the 1500s as to the whys and the wherefores. It all. Started historically, the the, the 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 rich tradition behind the formal place setting was, is that that they had all of this. There was, you had to find a way to show off how rich you were, and the easiest and best way to do that was to take your precious metals and to make them into ornamental things. Gold is entirely too soft to use as a utensil. It bends. You can bite gold and leave a mark. And thus, any fine workmanship that was done by the artisans of the time would be lost from just casual eating. And Granted, in the 1500s, people didn't have that great teeth anyway, but the fact that they were trying to show off their 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 refinement uh, they created silverware and it, it showed off the abundance of silver that they had it showed off how much they could afford to have the finest artists create the the elaborate designs on them 
And so they wanted to make sure that every reason you could possibly have to pick up a utensil had its own utensil. So the kings and the queens, the royals and the lords, they all would use their own silverware. They would bring their own silverware in case the host didn't have the proper setup. So it became a big tradition to, to it became a big contest to see who had the best setups. This current setting that we see now pretty much got finalized in the 1800s with the realm of of uh, Queen Elizabeth I. And the way it sets, the way everything is, is, is designed and, and, and prepared, allows you to dirty a piece of silverware and then switch to another. Dirty a glass, switch to another. Segregate your 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 meal portions from each other. The seven courses that come out was each one, the one that get prepared the fastest is the one that came out first. The one that took the longest, which usually was dessert, was the one that came out last. So every time something got re- prepared and was was finished in the in the kitchen, it came out and it was seven courses, 10 courses, 13 courses, 15 courses. And you needed to have a utensil for every course that came out. So you had your dish, your, your, your dinner fork, you had your salad fork, you had your own knife. It's a, a service knife. That's the one closest to the, the, to the plate. It's the one that should be used at every time. But you're not allowed to put this stuff onto your tablecloth. When you use it, you're supposed to set it down and not pick it back up again which will come into some of the stuff that we're going to talk about in the etiquette of using these things. You had uh, your fish knife. You had uh, a, a soup spoon. You had a dessert spoon. You had, uh, oh, yeah, there's there's another fork, the, the, the cake fork part of dessert. You had, it's, you had your own butter knife. You didn't use the service knife. You didn't use the fish knife for bread and butter. You have your own plate for bread and butter. One little piece of bread, you would take your butter and you would put it on the bread. You set the the, the knife down, you never touched it again. That knife and that plate are done. They, they, they've, done they've served their purpose. That's where you put, set your bread. Now you pick your bread up and you, you, you take it and you uh, tear it apart with your fingers. The only food that you can tear apart with your fingers is your bread. Everything else requires a utensil. You work from the outside in. When you work from the outside in, your left hand holds the fork. Your right hand cuts. Your salad is the same way. That's why you have a salad knife. That is why you have the salad fork. Your salad comes, you take your salad fork with your left hand and you hold down the lettuce and you cut your lettuce into the proper amount of bite-sized pieces. Because then when you're done with the knife, you don't start eating until you've finished cutting your food in the proper sizes. You set the knife down away from you on the edge of the plate, far away on the service plate, and then you can shift hands with your fork to your right hand if you're right-handed, or stay with your left if you're left-handed, and eat your salad. But once you've cut, that's it. 
Once you've put it down, you can't pick it back up again. If you want to be proper. If you want to be precise. Now, are you really going to do that in real life? I don't know. It depends. Do you want to? What do you think? <laughs> it'll, it'll depend on the person. <laughs> <laughs> one of the things that that, that uh, one of the things that uh, Tara used to t- say in her class was, "Watch your host. Watch your hostess. Do what they do." If they're that is for the smaller venues, but for a larger venue, they're up on a table that. that's all the way on the stage, and you're halfway across the room. You can't see them, so nope. you'd have to do whatever you do on your at your own table. Yep. And you should have uh, by now, by the time you, you the, the meal started, you should know everybody around your table, and you will have identified who the head person, the, whoever the ranking person is at that table, who for all intents and purposes would be that position only if it was called upon uh, uh, the spokesman of the table. So, and I don't foresee. The- I'm looking at this. Uh- the, the layout that you got over here for uh, <laughs> I've never seen a service that large I mean I've seen them set up that way but I as far as the balls I've never seen a service that large the most I, know, I, I have, have forks on the left and like a, a knife and spoon on the right or maybe two knives and a spoon on the right and you're gonna have two glasses above the knife and spoon and maybe a dessert fork and a uh, dessert spoon above the plate and then you have your butter plate. About it. I've never seen anything beyond that. Uh, if they're going to bring anything beyond a three-course meal, they will bring the utensils with them. Typically, yes, I've seen that too. Or I, I, but I haven't seen it in a at a at a ball. I haven't seen it at a military function. I've seen other functions where that happens, where you have the, the right. place setting. Usually, you know, a political political dinner. I've seen, I have seen one political dinner which the the um, I had the wonderful opportunity of being a guest speaker at um, with one hundred and fifty dollars a plate, and they used this whole setup and a couple of other. They had the the two individual salt and pepper shakers for every setting, little tiny salt and sh- salt and pepper shakers. Normally, Normally, the ones that I've seen, they don't leave salt and pepper shakers. Normally, it is proper etiquette to taste the food first before asking for salt and pepper. Then they'll bring you salt and pepper. If you ask for salt, they'll bring you salt and pepper. If you ask for pepper, they'll bring you pepper and salt. But normally, you have to ask for that. Hmm. I've never experienced that. The one military ball that I helped prepare for, we put salt and pepper on the table. Well, I'm sorry. Normal oh, etiquette, it, yes. For a middle, ball, no. for the military balls, yes, they're normally set there. You don't have to ask for that. It, 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 it is proper it etiquette to not. Well, it's proper etiquette to ask for those things, and and not for them to provide it. Also, they should not ever. If you ask for ketchup or mustard, they should never, ever, ever walk over there with the Heinz ketchup bottle and go, "Here you go." That's, That's true. Not that is so true. It should it, be a little dish. Put in a little glass ramekin, put it on a plate with a napkin on top, and place that little ramekin on top of the napkin and give you the whole entire plate. Yep. 
that's what they're yep. supposed to do. If you're going to go full formal, that's the way it's done. But if you're just talking about, like, the, the balls, they are, for all intents and purposes, formal as much as they can be. But it becomes more expensive when you use a lot of this silverware and a lot of this different play settings. So, yeah, nine times out of ten, they're going to have salt and pepper on the table because they don't want to deal with uh, 350 people asking for salt and pepper. Now, on this last link that you put up onto the web page, which, by the way, uh-huh. folks, I'm going to put all these links available, these links onto the, the, the log at the end of the, when the show's over, I'm going to attach it to the, um, attach it to the site. Um, yours, that, the, the, the link you have put up there has five glasses to it, which I think yeah. is pretty cool. That's what, what I mean. I've never seen a ball have that many glasses. Normally, at a ball, there's only going to be two, maybe three. Yeah, water glass, a uh, white wine glass, and a red wine glass. Well, actually, it's going to be a water glass, a wine glass, and a champagne for toast glass. So that's only three glasses that I've ever seen on a ball table. Now, if you go to, like, these fancy restaurants, like up here it's called uh, Hotel Viking, and they do a full formal dinner that costs you an arm, a leg, and your left nutsack, they will use all these play settings. Wow. Cool. Now, on the one, the link that you had supplied uh, for the chat room, it showed um, what I think is I see more often than the in, than the one where that I've been talking off of, um, where the napkin napkin is not on the left, but instead the napkin is placed on the service plate. Yeah, that's Nor- what you I typically see, see because soup, the soup will come. They will if if there is soup with the meal. They will bring you the bowls, and you and and set it in the middle of your service plate, because you will have taken your napkin and and set it in your lap. Ooh, there's a good one. When you take your napkin, how do you handle your napkin properly? You do not unfold the whole entire thing. You'll fold it one time in half and place it on your lap. With, now, uh, you place it on your right towards your your stomach. With the fold towards your stomach so that the the loose ends are towards your knees. Correct. Now, do you drape it over both legs or do you drape it over right or left leg? It should be on your lap, not legs, lap. That means it goes square right in the middle, right over your groin. In my instance, it's a little hard to do because my leg, one leg matches most people's lap. Right. So do the best you can. They just recommend lap. They don't they don't question on if it's only on one leg or the other. But when you're eating at a formal sitting table, you're supposed to be sitting upright, feet flat onto the floor. <coughs> that way you do create a lap. Now, if you are of a, you know, if you're a female, you can cross your legs, but cross them at the ankles. Right. Now, what about? Um... Well, if you sit in this position, if you sit in any position other than that, like say uh, you cross your legs, right, at your knees, it tends to make you slouch. And that's Doesn't a no-no. Mean... Yeah, yeah. Try try cross, try sit at the edge of your seat, or you know, squarely in the middle of your seat, with your back not touching the back of the chair, and cross your knees. I cannot cross my knees. It's it's pretty difficult. Uh, 
but it, when you cross your knees, you tend to lean back to mm. give you that room. Okay. And then when you lean back, it looks like you're slouching or you, you're too far relaxed. This is a formal setting, so you should be sitting straight up and proper, both feet flat on the floor. Easiest way. With just your your forearms, just below your, your wrist, be able to touch the table and lean on the table. That's it. Yep, that's it. You know what I mean? So you're not exactly leaning back in your chair, slouching, nor are you slouching forward. You should be sitting straight up with the small of your back touching the back of the chair, and that's about it. Now, when it comes to when we were talking about the toasts and all, that's where you take your champagne glass? I think you said is the ones you've seen the most. If you don't have a champagne glass, if you don't have a champagne glass, they give you a two-glass setting. Um, you're going to want to use, you could probably use either one, the wine glass or the water glass, because they should be identical. Right. I mean, and, at some of the balls I've seen where they will actually supply you with the champagne right before the toast. So when you walk to your table after you do your, your uh, receiving line, as you walk to your table, your table should already have one glass fill because they're going to do the, the is, parading of colors and they're going to do the toast. Now, the one glass fill should be the been, water glass, right? I'm sorry, what? The one glass that's filled should be the water glass, right? No. The one glass that should be filled, they should have just placed on the table, should be your champagne glass. Because they're going to do that with the, they're going to do the toast with that. Now, okay. that's where you have your, um, your, your, uh, what do you call that? Uh, the, the first hour? Cocktail hour. Cocktail normally, hour, yeah. Normally, some balls, if you, since we have a cocktail hour, you bring your cocktail in with you, and you'll use that to toast. And then they'll fill the water glasses. So it's, it'll depend on the ball. Okay. It'll depend on the ball and how formal they want to get. Um, sometimes, it, nine times out of ten, since they don't know if you drink alcohol or not, it'll be sparkling cider or, you know, apple juice or whatever inside that champagne flu sitting on the table, and that's what you're going to use to toast. Sometimes they'll forego that and just use water, and they'll use the water glass just for the toast. And then they'll come around after and ask you if you want something other than just water. Mm-hmm. That's where you use your, your, your wine glass for whatever, or they'll get you your, your beer or whatever you decide to drink. Well, with yeah, me, it'll be beer. <laughs> You are right. It'll depend on the ball. If they supply the champagne for the toast or if they're not doing the champagne, their water glass should be already filled prior to you getting there. Let's see. Now, where are we at? What what uh, what haven't we covered? Okay. And your service is always going <laughs> to... Rule of thumb... They- when you're sitting down to dinner, you'll work from the outside in. So the very far left fork is your first fork you'll use along with the very far right spoon or whatever right. have you. Nor- normally you work from outside in. Like I said, I'm looking at the setup here, and this is way too many forks, way too many spoons and knives. I've <laughs> just, at the balls that I've been to, it's normally two forks. One, for, one is your dinner fork, one's your salad fork. And then the two knives, well, one knife, actually, and one spoon. One's going to be your dinner knife, salad knife, and soup spoon. Or not soup spoon, but... 
Yeah, should be a soup spoon. No, no, should be the soup. Well, yeah, but sometimes they'll bring the soup spoon with the soup. You know what right. I mean? On its own well, little. The only thing, other. So. Yeah, the only other spoon that that should be used for a formal setting should be the dessert spoon, which is for you know your your um no, but the dessert spoon normally sits above the table. I mean, yeah, above your plate, top of the table, mm-hmm. right up there in front, I mean, right up there on top. Yeah, so they might give you two knives instead of a knife and a spoon, or they might give you two knives and a spoon. It'll depend on what the course is and if they actually plating soups right there at the table or not. If they're plating the, the soups in the back in the kitchen where the chef's at, they will bring it out a little soup with bowl. A spoon, with a spoon. A little, yep. On a little plate with a little spoon. So that's your soup spoon. And don't expect crackers. You don't get crackers with soup. That is clearly an American thing, and it is clearly something that has no basis in anything. Um, it's just a habit we've all gotten used to, and will, it does not appear on formal settings. So you don't even ask for crackers. They're not going to be able to get you any. Okay, now we were talking. We we were talking briefly about the napkin. Um, yes. Yeah. When it comes to when it comes to using your napkin, you don't just pick it up like uh, uh, like you're eating barbecue and over your plate you're you like you're washing your hands off in in the napkin and then smoosh it on your face trying to get the the barbecue sauce off the corners of your mouth. You don't do that at a formal setting with your napkin. How do you use your napkin? What's the proper way of using your napkin? Why do you have your napkin? You will pick up your napkin, normally with your left hand, and uh, stick a finger out, and you'll curl the napkin over your finger, and you'll dab, and you'll wipe. Because when you're eating formally, you're eating small portions, so it shouldn't go all over your face. If it's going all over the face, that means you're eating too large of a portion, and you're being a glutton. So you need to slow down. And you're being a spectacle. (laughs) Right. So you dab. You you do not just, like, barbecue it out and wipe your whole entire face and mash it up into a ball and throw it back on your – no. You'll fold it. You'll dab. You'll unfold it back onto your lap, keeping that half fold. Yep. And you do it with one hand. You don't use two. Because your right hand – your right hand should still be holding the fork. I believe you're not supposed to even let your well, fork Well, the knife, actually. Uh, you should be done with the knife. The knife should have been placed at the top of your service plate across the Right, the, so the, after the you've already edge. done cutting up, whatever or not, you place it down on the service plate, not the not your dinner plate, your service plate, and then you should be holding your fork. So, Correct. yeah, you're right. Right hand, fork, and then left hand napkin. That goes yep. back on your lap. Because if you're in a really, really, really attentive place where the waiter is hovering over you and it's a formal setting, you set the fork down, you're done with that plate and they will snatch it away from you, from your left side. Well, yes and no. There are um, rules of engagement, if you will, on for service people. It, it'll depend on the way you actually place your knife and fork on the plate will notify them that you are done or not. 
if you are not done and you're just resting, you'll place your, your utensil from the the eight and four position. Kind of like a right. cross at, at an angle. So that that tells them that you're not done. <laughs> like you I went was to also the rest, a, the rest or you, I, you're I you was also told Right. I was also told that what you can do is, uh, I, I, but at the four position, uh, because you shouldn't have a utensil in your left hand when eating. Right. Um, it should be it should be placed on your left knee. Your left hand should be placed on your left knee as you're eating. But a fork, there, you know, a fork up is where the tines are are, are are gently pointing up in a cup manner. With the tines are pointing down, if you've turned it over so that the back end of the fork is is, uh, is is facing up and the tines are pointing down, you can hook that over the edge of your plate at the 4 o'clock position, like the hand of a clock, and that's a, a good proper resting place, and they won't mess with your setting. Um, if you do it any other direction, put fork down anywhere else that'll snatch your plate because you're done you set your fork down um but it does actually you know brings out a very interesting interesting observation i just thought of um and i don't know why i've never thought of it i thought i had worked out this everything uh etiquette wise many many years ago or it seems like many many years ago it's actually only been two um when you're eating your left your right hand should have your fork if you're right-handed if you're left-handed it will be your left hand you will obviously do the napkin with your right if you are left-handed cuz you have your hand on the fork and you're holding on to it when you drink do you have to use your right hand and it looks like because of the setting because of the glasses are on the, are are up top at the two o'clock position, or between the between the one and two o'clock position, they're on the right hand side. You're going to have to use your right hand to sip any water, yep. or to sip any wine. You doesn't look like you're going to be able to use your left hand if you're right-handed. No, that's why you place your your utensil down on the plate at a specific location. But a left-handed person won't have to worry about it. They right. can continue to hold on to their utensil, reach over and grab water. Now, is that proper? Should they do that, or should they have to set down the the the, the utensil? It should be proper to set down the utensil, but they can get away with it because there's a very smaller population that is left-handed. Right, right, right. So the people who made the rules were right-handed. So they only made the rules for right-handed people. They didn't make the rules for left-handed people. So left-handed people technically can get away with it. Yeah. If you want to go left- etiquette-wise and manner-wise, left-handed people should copy what the right-handed people or the right-handed rules are. You should not have any utensils in your hand when you pick up your drink. Nope, shouldn't. You shouldn't, but I mean, you can get away with it. <laughs> You're listening to the Best of Male Military Spouse Radio Show. We'll be right back after this brief word from our sponsors. When I'm on base, I'm known as Staff Sergeant Cooper, but at home... Daddy! Hi, Dad. Daddy's home! I'm known as Dad, and I wouldn't have it any other way. 
We know home is at the heart of every military family. That's why we founded Armed Forces Insurance, to protect the property of our fellow servicemen and women. Call 1-800-633-2006 for a no-obligation auto, home, or renter quote. Or visit www.afi.org. At Armed Forces Insurance, our mission is you. You're listening to the Best of Male Military Spouse Radio Show. Now, when do you, if you have a sherry glass, if you have five glasses, obviously your water goblet, you've got your your red wine, your white wine glasses with the five set up, champagne mm-hmm. flute. Champagne flute is there because you got, you're going to do your toasts and all. But you have a sherry glass. When do you use the sherry glass? After dinner, after dessert. Now, isn't that when they give you the opportunity to do coffee? Exactly. So old times didn't used to do coffee. They used to do sherry. So hence the the, the real formal formal stuff. That's why I say I've never seen I've I've never seen that set up at any Navy ball or any of the balls I've been to. That's way too many glasses. That's way too many utensils. Because normally when you go to a ball, it's a three course meal. Maybe I think the the largest meal I've seen is a five course meal, and even that one was a long long meal because it, they have to go through all these courses. So that's they stopped doing that, and they they're now set to uh, basically, if I remember correctly, just three courses. So when they just, do coffee, they'll just do coffee. I just sent you a, a link to a picture of a seventeen-piece, um, actually, well, yeah, seventeen-piece um, setting. And it's actually it's more than seventeen because they didn't put numbers on they didn't put numbers on the 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 place plates or the place card or the napkin and they didn't put numbers uh but I count in the seventeen the individual salt shaker the individual pepper shaker and then the five glasses but they're showing a cocktail fork and a soup spoon together on sure, the right. They got 21 place setting right here with a menu card, is what they're showing. That's what that one is. That's okay. Yeah, that's. I like that setting. That setting is is pretty cool because that's the closest I've seen, picture wise, to what I've seen for place settings at a formal meal. The things that they do away with typically are the fish fork. They'll do away with the fish knife, and they'll do away with the cocktail fork. But yep. everything else, oh, and the individual salt, salt and pepper shaker, everything else is there. Uh, the menu card will be replaced at a military ball with your um, uh, responses program. for the toasts and the program, which is yep. usually a you know nice little folded thing. But the place card, where you're supposed to sit, is going to be there in the middle of the service plate, or as what they call in this picture, the place plate. Right. Yep. Right. <clears throat> Sometimes it'll depend too uh, it, the way they fold the napkin. If they make a fancy napkin fold, your place card might not be on the plate with the napkin. It might be just north of the plate between the the plate and the dessert fork. Yeah, might be, yeah. And it'll be usually set up in a tent form so that uh, it stands up for it. 
Yeah, and I, I love it when they do the, the the napkins that look like like swans and things like that. It's so cool to play with those. Almost uh, almost a, almost sad to take them apart and use them as a napkin. Right. So this is a, a very formal setup here that the one that you showed. This is something you'd find at those very old, very uppity hotels like that the hotel Viking that we have in Newport. It's one of the oldest hotels that's still running. And they do full formal dinners, and like I said, it's uh, it's an arm and leg, and you left nutsack for to to get dinner there, because they do these huge course meals and stuff like that. But this is the type of setting that they would do. Cool, cool, cool. Now, uh, out of all of that 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 particular setting, then we've covered everything that they have in that setting. Okay, now you're done with the meal. Or you're done with the meal and nobody else is at the table. What do you do? You sit Proper there. Etiquette. Do you, do you, you sit do you there. Put your, you do nothing. Do you put your elbows on the on the table, cross your fingers together, and rest your, you will never your chin? Your hands, elbows, or forearms are on the table at all. You shouldn't. Never. Ever, 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 ever. 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 I agree. Proper etiquette dictates you will not place your hands on the table. You will not place your forearms on the table. You will not place your elbows on the table. The place to put your hands is in your lap. So when you are done, they will remove all service from your table, from your place setting, and then they will wait. Matter of fact, nine times out of ten, they're, what they're supposed to do for real tr- uh, true proper etiquette, they won't touch your setting at all. They will wait until everybody's done and remove all services at one time. <coughs> right, right. And they'll do it but like a little arm ball, too. The ball are, when you go to balls, they're not exactly, I mean, they're formal, but they're not exactly formal. So they might just take your, your way and just leave you alone. Hmm. Wait Sounds for everybody like else. Done. Yeah. So let's say, let's say you're you're done, and maybe others are done. Maybe they aren't. How and what do you do with your napkin? Whatever you do, you do not place it in the middle of your plate, your dirty, dirty plate. You will hold on to wow. that napkin either in your lap, or you will place it to the left. Of the, where the forks were, so uh, left left of the plate. Okay. Folded, not crumpled up, folded. <laughs> I had heard, I had heard, and have seen, uh, but not at military balls, but instead at other formal settings. I have seen them that that it's it's a signal that you are finished. You just you take it and of course you dab the corners. With you know, did you wrap the finger and you and you, yep. you you dab your your corners of your mouth and then you pull it up and you 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 drape it across the plate from from never ever ever do that because although the plate might be done, dessert is still coming and you're going to need your napkin. Oh, good point. Good point. That's why you never, ever, ever, ever place that nap or that napkin over any of the the dirty plates, utensils, or nothing. Never do that. You will take that that napkin out of your lap. You'll fold it once more at least, or you can fold it long. You can fold it short. Whatever you're gonna you're gonna fold it either way, and you can mm-hmm. place it where the forks used to be. 
that's where it goes. Now, I have heard some say that it is improper once you have used a napkin to place it back on the table and then use it again. And that was a that's question that was asked at a at a, 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 a ball etiquette class, and I had to leave the room, and I never heard the answer. That is true, and yet at the same time so false. Because if you are doing a 12-course meal, God forbid, and it's taking two hours to go through that meal, and you've had <laughs> X amount of liters of liquids to drink, you got to get up and pee sometime. What are you going to do with the napkin? Take it with you in the bathroom? Yeah, not, might not be a bad idea. Right. Know so they got to wipe. You should you should keep it in your lap at all times at the table. But if you need to, you'll take the napkin, you'll fold it back up, and you'll put it right where the forks used to be. You'll excuse yourself, use the bathroom, come back. But Very anytime good. you're sitting at the table, it should be in your lap. Now, who do you who do you when you if you are excusing yourself from the table for whatever reason to use the powder room and 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 uh, and, and powder your nose? Uh, we'll we'll do that because that's what the women do. They powder their nose. Who do you announce that to? Do you limit that to those to your immediate left and right, or do you announce that? to the center of the table so that those who are interested can hear it and those who don't can continue to just keep on eating? Or do you go around the table saying, I'll be right back, I'll be right back, and uh, make your way to the bathroom? No, just one announcement to the whole entirety of the table is more than enough. It's sufficient to just go, pardon me, excuse me, whatever you're going to say, I'll be right back. You don't even need is to it, say, I got to go to the bathroom. You just said, yeah, pardon me, or excuse I, me, I'll be right back. You take your, your napkin off your plate or off your lap, you will fold it back up and place it back where your forks used to be, and then you'll excuse yourself. Use the bathroom, make a phone call, grab a smoke, whatever you're doing. Then when you come back, you pick that napkin back up and place it on your lap if it's still there. A couple of Jaeger bombers. <laughs> right. um, if it's still there. Normally, Normally, what happens is uh, the service will come up and pick that up and will give you a new one. They should be giving you new ones, but, you know, whatever have you. If they don't, you can – now, how do you call – how do you call the wait staff over to perhaps get a second – get a new fresh napkin? Um, I I picture in my mind that – you just you lift your hand up and you hold you hold your one finger up in the air like you're saying no, we're number one and uh, try to get their attention with your finger up in the air and that's all you do you don't whistle at them you don't go excuse me excuse me you just you look to them because they should be scanning the room and you hold your finger up and then they come to you is that what they're looking for? You should be jumping up and down and screaming and yelling at them. No. <laughs> I I thought about that. I thought about that. That would fit my that would fit right along with the hey, got to go use the little boys room, you know, to the to, to the whole table. Typically, yeah. Typically what you're going to have is you're going to have servers assigned to your table and to several tables next to you. So, so traditionally it used to be for every four persons there is a server. But these balls, that's not the case. So you're going to have one server for every four tables and each table holding eight people. So you actually have to 
look at the server, and once you see him or her look in your direction, then you raise your hand with that one finger thing, and then they will come over once they they catch your eye or you caught their eye. But cool. yes, that's that's you don't jump up and down, you don't scream, you don't say anything else, you don't. Some places you can kind of get away with garçon. <laughs> but then the people look at you funny, like, "What the hell are you talking about?" You know. <laughs> so I would just, I would, as soon as they would lean over, I would say, "Excuse me, may I have a, a fresh napkin, please?" <laughs> That's what I would say. Yes, but good um, service. Well, if you drop your no. napkin, you can't reach it. Then yes, you just ask them. Excuse me, could I get another napkin, please? But if you drop your napkin on the floor, immediately retrieve it as best as you can. For me, that would look awkward as hell. As large so as I am. So for you, drop your napkin. You just tell them, "Can I get another, please?" <laughs> and they will excuse me. Take it off and take it, take, yeah. Give you another one. Yes. Yeah, excuse me. I need another face diaper. <laughs> you you can actually go. request that throughout the meal if you so desire. But again, like I said, you should be eating small bites, whereas it will not have to stretch your mouth over the, the food to get it in your mouth. Soups, you do not slurp. You do not pick up the bowl. You do not lick the, the rim. You do not do any of that sort. You use your spoon. You will dip the spoon away from you. You know, uh, use the edge of the spoon first and just plopping it in. Scoop it out and you will just take it and don't place the whole entire spoon into your mouth. You're supposed to drink it from the spoon. That's the proper etiquette way if you're going to do that. Now, if you want to get the last dredges of the soup out of the bowl, you'll tilt the bowl away from you and use the edge of the spoon to scoop the last of it. And then you place it back towards your lips, and then you open your mouth and tilt the spoon into your mouth. And that's how you do it. Wow. I did there's not know that. There's very proper way to do this. Yes, there's, there's, I mean, exactly extremely proper. But for the military balls, you will not be doing that. You'll be enjoying yourself. You just grab your spoon, put it in your mouth, and you enjoy, you know? But if you're yeah. going to go to, like, really, really formal places, then, yes, you'll do it that way. Where the little fing- little pinky goes out while you're holding you, out, anything comes up to your mouth. Yes. I was also told that the, the, when it comes to comes to bite-sized pieces, a bite-sized piece is the size of a sugar cube. If you've never seen a sugar cube, you're missing out. Go run down to the store and get you some C&H sugar cubes so you get used to them. They're quarter inch by quarter inch by quarter inch. They're a cube of sugar. That's the proper size so that when you pierce them with your fork and you put it to your mouth, your mouth is not open overly wide. It places into your mouth. You can close down on it ever so slightly and pull the fork away without the fork ever touching your lips. You get a proper size bite. It's good for maybe maybe 15, 20 chews. It's easy to keep your mouth shut while chewing. You never chew with your mouth open. And uh, easy to swallow. That's the sizes that you want to go with. Don't burden your pork down like I like to do with something that I have to open my mouth really wide with and shove it all in there and just chaw away like a pig with cud. You know. Now the problem with doing large, large bites is you're sitting at a table with eight to ten other people that are conversing. 
going to converse in the middle of a bite. That's why you make small bites, so that way you can clear your palate as quickly as possible so you can continue the conversation. Very That's good point. Etiquette. Very, very, very good point. That's why you do that that sugar cube size, that uh, the quarter. If you take a quarter out of your pocket, look at that that quarter, that flat quarter. It's about that size of a bite is what you want. No more than that. Yeah, I would say that's a little that's a little bit larger than the sugar cube, but it is a little uh, bit larger, but then it's flat. <laughs> but it's flat, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So all in all, when it comes to eating in uh, eating in a formal setting, really it's not that much different than when you eat at home. It's just you're you're just paying closer attention to to the the, 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 the style and the and the flair to it, the, the ability to and, and realistically, I swear to God. It, it's true at these big meals where you're trying to be as primary and proper as you can while, while, while eating your food, it actually makes the food taste better. It's it not sounds really weird. Being proper. It's being conscious of others around you and trying not to offend them with your big slabber jawed mouth eating there, chewing your cut and dribbling away. Nobody how did you know that? how I normally look? <laughs> I'm just I wasn't saying that that was you. I'm just saying that, oh. that at home. You saw, that, I, you saw that video and go, boy, I'll bet you he is a slob while he's eating, right? <laughs> okay. Well, growing up, if the way I was raised growing up was that if we're sitting at the table and we're talking, we're not eating. You're not eating. Get the fuck off my table is what my father used to always tell us. So right. we eat. We taste it. Uh, we eat it now. We taste it later. That's how we ate. So I cannot eat like that at uh, these proper formal eating places. So it's not about conscious of how bad you look. It's conscious of how others perceive you. You know, you don't want to offend somebody else. What you just chowing down, like going to town, like, well, I cleared my plate in two seconds, no problem. And what are you doing, still sitting there for like five minutes later? You ever watched uh, Major Pain? Oh yes, that's the one with uh, Jamie Foxx, isn't it? Or uh, Damon yeah. Wayans? Or Damon Wayans? That's right. He's right, so funny. Remember that, that one scene where he was in his whites, his summer whites, and he in the class days, and he took her out to eat dinner. He ate that whole entire plate, and she was like, "What?" The, and she didn't even take a bite yet. You don't want to do that at these nice Navy balls or the military balls or Army balls or stuff. You don't want to eat that fat. <laughs> Okay, but I mean, there, there's a time. To, I eat that fast because that's the way I was brought up. But when I go to the balls and things like that, you will portion your portion bites nice and small. You'll eat, you'll taste it, you'll savor it, you'll enjoy it, and you'll make it small so that way you can converse with the other people. And remember, you don't have to finish everything that's on the plate. I mean, if you're hungry, obviously you will, but you don't have to. If there's that little bit left, it's okay to leave it. There's more food coming. Especially at a ball. Like I said, normally it's going to be at least a three-course meal. So there's going to be food coming after food after coming food. So... Enjoy it while you can. Of course, don't forget that you did pay for those tickets, and those tickets weren't cheap, so you want to eat everything that you can, but pace yourself. You don't have to eat everything, especially those things you don't want to eat, but at least try it. 
Absolutely. At least try it. Because, like I said, you're going to find out everything tastes better anyway because you're trying to follow this etiquette. And it gives you an, an opportunity to pause and actually taste the food in front of you. It may actually change. A military ball could change the way you, you live forever. It, it could. Okay, let's get away from the meal now. we got about uh, about 11 minutes left. Let's get away from the meal now. We're done. Everybody's finished eating. We've done everything proper. Everybody's ready to leave. How, when do they do... The, the closing ceremonies. When do they? The, the, when? Because you're 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 being proper. You're being. You got your 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 tuxedos all nice and prim and proper. Your shirt's still buttoned up. Your jacket's still buttoned up. Your your tie is still tied tied around your neck and all. You're not plastered drunk. You're not yelling and screaming and having a ball party and a ball and all like that. And you've watched all of the ceremonies, the grog ceremony where they create the grog, going here's the sand that came from the sons of Iwo Jima. Oof, and here's the here's the the, 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 the the liquor from the leather from the boot that's from our guys on the on Normandy. And here's the, you know, when they make the grog, it looks just gross as hell, but they're just throwing in little bits of different type of alcohol in there. So it's really tasty when they're done. But, okay, we got all the ceremonies done. The meal is done. You get, what's next? The closing normally, ceremony, after, right? After a meal, what normally comes next is the cutting of a cake. Because normally the ball is a birthday celebration of some sort. So, like, for the Navy ball, it's the Navy's birthday. October 13th, 1775. So the ball is around that time. So when you do a cutting of a cake, they will call for the oldest person in the room. So if you're born before 1960, and you know they'll call people and people stand or sit as they go throughout the whole entire ceremony. They'll they have the oldest cut the cake, they have the youngest cut the cake, and they'll start serving now the that's, cake. That's your, within your the military. Right. That's within so, the military members, right? I'm sorry, was that? That's within the military members, right? Yes, that's within the military members. But uh, they will still do it for the spouses as well, for the oldest okay. and uh, youngest. But youngest. they don't need to cut the cake. It's just the, the service members that will cut the cake. But they, they'll, they'll use point the you sword. out. Yeah, and they, they, then they'll they use the sword and the paper. And then they cut the cake, and then the cake goes away, and then out comes the individual pieces of cake, and you have your little bit of dessert. Right. That's when you have your dessert. That's when you have your coffee or your sherry, your after-dinner thing, whatever not. Ceremony continues, uh, and and then they'll like, okay, and now the ceremony ends. They'll pipe off or pipe aboard or um, whatever. They'll pipe people out of the the room kind of thing. And that's when usually, when when they they close the ceremony, do the closing ceremonies, and they will... Retire the colors, they'll they'll dismiss the upper echelon, meaning all the brass, all the admirals and whatever not. They will then recuse themselves and excuse themselves out of the venue. And everybody else at the tables stays where they're at. Right. Uh, Until... The adjutant, the person who was, the person who did the, uh, you told your name to at the receiving line, or the host says. They'll open up the the dance floor for maybe an hour or so. That way, and they'll do balls, you know, like uh, waltzes and foxtrots, you know, ball dancing, ballroom dancing. Ah. 
That's when they'll do the um, refusing and excusing of the, the brass. Once it, that, that hour is over, and it's normally done right during uh, dessert, they'll open up the floor for ballroom, you know, waltzing, whatever not, ballroom dancing. After about an hour, when dessert is completely done and everybody's already had their coffee, that's pretty much when the upper brass is like, okay, we're done. They do the closing ceremony and everything else, and then they'll leave, leaving behind the junior officers and the enlisted to have their fun, and then they'll turn the, the DJ around, and the DJ will play more modern dance songs and whatever not, and then they can go to town without the, with the brass, allowing the brass to have plausible deniability of whatever transpired there. Yes. That's the whole point. And uh, is it okay to do dirty dancing after the the senior officers have left? I would say no, but it happens anyways. <laughs> it does. Yeah, alcohol you is a great. At every single point in time of this ball, it is a government-sanctioned event. You are representing your spouse who is representing the United States of America in some military fashion. You want to be tasteful. You want to be discreet. You don't want this stuff showing up on YouTube to haunt you years later. When your grandkids go, will. what the hell is that? They don't, you don't want that, so keep and it clean. it will. It will show up. It will come. It will be available. There are pictures taken. Matter of fact, I'm going to see if I can't find that picture. I have a picture of a woman that was doing that at a military ball. You will love this picture. I'm going to see if I can find it and see if I can't post it up to the to the site. Or I might just have to post it up to that, Facebook. Mind, while you're finding that, keep in mind that the ball is only open for another hour, maybe. Because the, the balls are normally set by the hour from, say, start at 5 o'clock for your cocktail hour, 6 o'clock we'll do dinner services and whatever not, by 9 o'clock. They're, they're done. They're shut down. So by 8 o'clock, the brass already left, leaving you only one hour to get silly. They, they do that for a reason, so that way you don't get too silly and too drunk and fall down drunk that you make an ass of yourself and make an ass of the Army or the Navy or the Marine Corps right. or whatever service that your spouse and yourself are, are affiliated with. That's why they put time limits. Once that time comes, the service people – meaning the, the people who are, who are feeding you dinner and whatever not, they will slowly usher people out of the room. So you don't got to go home, but you got to get the hell out of here. And if you're smart and you know you're going to drink a lot and it's hosted mm-hmm. in a hotel, guess where you're going to be? You should have gotten a room at the top of that hotel. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. It, you it, Do that, people. Get your, get your room there or set up. Uh, ahead of time hire a, a, a limo driver and a limo go in with with four or five couples and get a limo and be prepared be be right be safe be like you're be supposed sm- to be I'm not, go ahead no, be smart. You know, use your brain. You are a, a smart individual. Do not follow the crowd. You know right from wrong. Just be smart. Play it safe. You want to go home at the end of the day. You want to wake up to your lovely spouse. Just be smart <laughs> about it. Yeah. Of course, she might be sleeping next to you as you're going home because she's crashed. 
but hey, that happens. Uh, I'm trying to see. I think I have it on my Facebook page. Um, it's it's definitely an, a picture that is worth a thousand words because it is uh, this gal clearly should not have been partying at all and might be under my mobile uploads let's take a look and i'll see i've got like three minutes left i might be able to get this into it for you uh if i find it okay at the the ball that i went to in san diego the navy ball the admiral was so affronted by one of the female spouses that came into the ball plunging neckline short dress with slits all the way up the sides these six inch stilettos he approached the service member and he told the service member you take yourself and you take your date you take her home and you change her out before you come back he kicked them out of the ball Wow. Because of the dress that they're wearing. He said this is not this is a ball. This is a formal affair. Please dress accordingly. Basically what he's telling them, stop being a freaking tramp. Stop being trashy. Get the yeah. hell home. Dress the picture the picture I'm looking for has a gal who is clearly being a a, a tramp in the process of dancing for her for her the ball function that she's at and I'm not finding it but I'll tell you what I will I will make it available on uh make it available on the the, the military spouse radio show web page uh when I find it it's it's hilarious you should see this thing it, it it's so embarrassing I am I don't know how this guy was able to continue to dance with his wife, but it was a marine ball, and she's she's grinding it. She's seriously grinding it. You're listening to the Best of Male Military Spouse Radio Show. We'll be right back after this brief word from our sponsors. As Captain Barrett's wife, I'm known for my volunteer work, but at home... Hey, you ate all the cookies. Wasn't me. I'm known for my amazing chocolate chip cookies, and that's fine with me. We know home is at the heart of every military family. That's why we founded Armed Forces Insurance, to protect the property of our fellow servicemen and women. Call 1-800-633-2006 for a no-obligation auto, home, or renter quote. Or visit www.afi.org. At Armed Forces Insurance, our mission is you. You're listening to the Best of Male Military Spouse Radio Show. If you can't tell the ranks of everybody, just call them sir or ma'am. Yeah, it uh, it works. It's being proper to to your elders anyway. If they're younger than you, just call them sir or ma'am. Because <laughs> if you don't know the ranks and you can't call them by their rank, just call them sir or ma'am. Yes, sir. No, like- sir. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> yep. I like being called sir, so it works. <laughs> hey, Jay, thank you very much for being on the show today. I really appreciate you calling in. You're, you're always a great source of information. Thank you. Appreciate it. 
All right. See you later, buddy. And, uh, well, we're pretty much done for this episode. Episode number 33 is in the books, available as a podcast if you want to listen to it later. Next week, we're going to talk March Madness. We're going to talk basketball. So we'll see you all later. Old Fart, signing out. The views and opinions expressed on Male Military Spouse Radio are not those of the management of MachoSpouse.com or any of their sponsors and shall be deemed just that, opinions and views. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.